those things in our lives. It's not always going to be done within the four walls of the body of Christ, if you're with me. It's going to be, here's where you get prepared for it. You prepare for it at home. You prepare for it in your daily devotion. You, you prepare for it, and then you go out. The Bible says, Matthew 28, you go, go. He said, go, and, and, and you make your disciples. <coughs> That's why it's so important to get in God's Word. And I'm sure probably some of you haven't cracked your Bible since, since the last time you were here. Well, you'll not be effective that way. You will not be effective that way. You cannot ride the wave on my anointing. You cannot ride the wave on Barb's anointing or Tim's anointing or John's anointing or Andy's anointing. You cannot ride the waves on anybody else's anointing. You need to get your own anointing. Because we are anointed to, to set the captives free. Isn't that, what he, isn't that what he said? To heal the broken heart. Set the captives free. That's our jobs. And it crosses denominational lines to where, you know, you know here's the thing. And, and you may think this is crazy, but, you know, I speak in tongues. Some of these people speak in tongues in this church. And I'm not ashamed of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You know, do you have to speak in tongues to be able to be used of the Holy Ghost for you to see miracles? No. But let me tell you something. When I got the baptism of the Holy Ghost, tongues came with it and several other things. And let me tell you something. There are some great men of God and women of God that do not speak in tongues, and they are anointed. They are anointed. We've had people leave this church because that, that people spoke in tongues. But let me tell you something. I can't deny it. I cannot, nor I will not, deny the power of God to know that God is, is powerful in our lives. <laughs> but see, what people do is they label you, if you speak in tongues, they say, well, you're Pentecostal. Well, you call me Pentecostal if you want to. But here's the thing of what I think, I think you're Christian. I think you're a follower of Christ. I think you're anointed. I think, you, know, you say, well, what if I don't? Let me tell you something, you're just as saved as I am. <coughs> Pastor Wright has, has been teaching uh, in Culloden, down where Jamie, Pastor Jamie Wright's church is, um, down in Culloden. And Christy and I, uh, Ronald and Kathy were there last week, uh, have been going to, to his teaching on the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit. And, and, and understand something that... There are nine gifts of the Spirit, and there are nine fruits of the Spirit. Isn't that amazing? There are nine fruits of the Spirit. There are nine gifts of the Spirit. And none of those, none of those gifts or the fruit of the Spirit, none of those work if there's not love behind it. <coughs> what we have seen happen in people's lives is to where there was no love behind it, and it destroys people. One thing I did not know is that on a dove, there are nine feathers on the right wing and there are nine feathers on the left wing of a dove. The gentleness of a dove. Ministry is to be gentle. Ministry is not 
to be harsh with people, but to, to step up to somebody and, and to say, can I just pray for you today? I just feel like the Lord wants me to pray for you today. I think we live, Carlos, I think we live so far from God that we don't hear his voice when he tells us to do it. And, and what happens is when we think it is, we blame it on indigestion. In Luke chapter, here's the title of the message, craziest title in, in all the years of preaching, hearing, giving, reaping, and knowledge. Luke chapter 638 says this, and, and I'm not preaching on money. I'm not preaching on money today. <clears throat> this scripture is deeper than money. <laughs> Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. People skip through those things. They just go just fast, just like I did. Shall men give unto your bosom? For with the same measure, key word here, this is what we're going to concentrate on, is the second part of this. This is what God was leading me about, and then I'm going to bring Christy into the mix, and, and, and she stopped me in my tracks the other day over something that she said. He says here, and this is the King James Version, for with the same measure that ye meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. Now, let me give you the NIV version of this. Luke chapter 6, 38. Here's the, here's, it says, give and it shall be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Will be poured unto your lap. That's why you need to be sitting all the time to get the money. You missed that, didn't you? Because it's in your lap. You know. I'm just going to sit here. Pour it into your lap. Key word here. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. You see the theme. The New King James Version says this. It says, Give and it shall be given unto you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Okay. What he is saying to you and me here, and Jesus help me, because I have, I have wallered, that's a good country word, I have wallered over this sermon. And I don't totally understand the gist of what God is wanting me to tell you and me about this thing. But one thing that I do know is that for with the same measure that you use, for the same measure that you have, it will be measured back to you. So let me ask you something. What are you given? What are you giving? What are you giving? Are you giving of yourself? See, ministry, understand something about ministry. Ministry, ministry is getting up out of the bed at 2 in the morning when the phone rings. Ministry is, is going somewhere to see somebody who may be in the hospital and, and you, you go to see them or you make a phone call or you send a text or you pray with somebody. That is ministry. Ministry is ugly sometimes. 
Ministry is ugly sometimes. But one thing that I cannot convince you of or tell you about more of <coughs> is that you are called. Each one of us is called to minister. You say, well, no, I'm not called to minister. Yes, you are. Why do you think you're breathing air? You're breathing air to minister. And let me ask you, here's the thing. Well, I don't have anything to minister about. What have you been through? Have you been through a rocky marriage? Have you been through finances that, that man, you didn't have enough money at the end of the month, and, but yet God supplied the need? And, and that's a testimony. That's a test that has gone to, a, that has become a testimony. Has anybody gone through a test? Has anybody ever been sick? Has God ever healed anybody in this house? Let me tell you something. That's ministry. Ministry is given back. I, I remember Andy Stout called me one time. It was 10 o'clock. Christy and I were uh, watching uh, television. And uh, we were watching, I don't know what it was. And, and uh, uh, Andy's dad had, had some heart trouble. And well, immediately the Lord spoke to me about what was going on with that heart trouble. And, and so, I, you know, we prayed Right there. And, and guess what? I was in a pair of shorts and a t-shirt. I didn't have to go put a suit on. I didn't have to pray it up. I didn't have to read it up. See, here's the thing. We need to be instant, in season and out of season. We need to be ready to minister no matter what. If somebody, if an ambulance pulls up and they got somebody that has five minutes to live, you shouldn't have to come to the altar and rededicate from your addiction. You shouldn't have to come. You should be ready on point, ready to go. Somebody goes by you in a wheelchair, and let me tell you something, you could, and the Lord speaks to you and says, hey, you, I want you to pray that God will rise them up out of the, raise them up out of the wheelchair. And you may say, you're out of your mind, I ain't doing that. But let me tell you something, if you are in fellowship and communion with God Almighty, you know His voice. You know His voice. You say, well, I don't know His voice. You know why you don't know His voice? Because you're not spending time with him. You're not recognizing his voice. You, he speaks. You say, well, God does not speak audible. He can if he wants to because he's God. You say, well, God only speaks through the word. Yes, he speaks to the word. But he speaks to the heart through the word. And not only that, but God can speak to you and drop things into your spirit where all of a sudden it's just like you have a desire to do something. And I'm not talking about a desire to do wrong, but I'm talking about a desire to help. I remember back in the summer, I had left a meeting and was supposed to meet Barb to look at some property. And I couldn't find the place where GPS didn't work where we were. And so I was headed towards the interstate. Where was I? I don't even remember where I Where was I? Yeah, because I think the next exit where I got on was like Stonewall. So it was, it was on the way. I've flown over there, but I've not driven much through there. But, you know, the, the thing about it was, I came upon an accident. I was the first one there. A lady had hit a phone pole, and 
They didn't have cell phone service. I didn't have cell phone service. And I told them, I said, um, I said, I'll tell you what, I said, I will go to the nearest house and get help. So the whole time that I'm, I'm on my way to this, I'm praying. And I, I'm, I'm asking God to help. I'm asking God to heal. I'm asking God to, to set free. But, but and then I found a house that had a phone and, I, and they called 911 and I passed all of them headed that way. And man, they were a long way. God will allow you to come up on stuff, come up on things. But here's the thing, are you giving? Are you giving back? Are you giving back to, to people and, and to ministry? Or are you selfish and just kind of holding on to it? Now, <clears throat> I'm going to shift gears with you here if you, if you don't mind. But understand, for with the measure that you use, it will be measured to you. Now, in Mark chapter 4, 24. Mark chapter 4 and 24. And he said unto them, take heed what you hear. This blows my mind. For with what measure you meet, it shall be measured to you and unto you that here shall more be given. The NIV version, it says, consider carefully what you hear. He continued. With a measure you use, it will be measured to you even more. The New King James Version, Mark chapter 4, 24. Then he said unto them, take heed what you hear. The measure that you give will be measured to you to get and still more will be given. Doesn't that sound so familiar to Luke chapter 6? The last part of it in each one of those is the same. He says, the measure that you give will be measured that you get. So what you give, you shall get in return and still more will be given to you. Now understand the first part of this is give and it shall be given. The second part in Mark chapter 4, 24, he's saying... Take heed what you hear. <laughs> what you put into it is what you're going to get out of it. That's what he's saying to us right there. What we, are, what we put into it is what we will get out of it. Do you see that? Because you're going to reap. I'm not against New Year's resolutions. There was, a, there was one that I saw on Facebook over at the Dairy Queen, El, uh, the Eleanor uh, Dairy Queen, which is over close to where we live. And it said, it said on the sign, it said, we have been ruining New Year's resolutions since 1962. <laughs> I thought that was, I thought that was kind of cool. People will say, well, I want to read the Bible in a year. And 
that, that's okay if you want to do that. But you can get more out of a chapter if there is revelation knowledge on it. Now, what are you talking about revelation knowledge? I'm talking about something that you read and, and you say, whoa. I've never read like that before. But if you're in such a hurry to read, uh, to read the Bible in 365 days, you're going to miss over things. You are not going to go to hell if you spend six months on one chapter. Be obedient and read it. <coughs> because, here's what he's saying with this. The more revelation that you understand, the more he is going to give you. Are you with me? The more revelation that you're understanding in that one chapter, he is going to give you more. And that backs up Mark chapter 24. Because he's talking about with what measure you meet of what you hear, it, it shall be measured to you and unto you, you shall hear more. And be given more. So we need to be looking for the revelation knowledge of the word of God. Are you with me? We need to understand the revelation. I'm talking about a true revelation. What I am so excited about is somebody to come up to me instead of telling me, and, and I know we have to do this because it's what I do you know, as a, as a pastor, but one thing that I'm so excited of is somebody to come up to me and said, I was reading God's word today. Or I was reading God's word yesterday, and here's what he spoke to me. Here's what he said about that. Here's the revelation knowledge that I got. Church, if we don't read the word of God, we are going to be weak. I'm talking about weak. If we don't pray and fast, we're going to be weak. If we, don't want, if we just want to go through the motions, oh, help me. I don't want to go through the motions. We're getting too old to go through the motions. You're going to reap more understanding from the revelation knowledge. You're going to get it, but he's going to give you more. Isn't it amazing? That I can read a verse and get something out of it that I've read many, many times before. Sometimes going over it again and slowing it down and reading it backwards and applying it to your life will give you the revelation knowledge that you need. Now let me, let me continue here. What you put into it is what you're going to get back. If you don't apply the revelation knowledge that you get from the word of God guess what you are going to lose that knowledge if you do not apply it how many people believe in healing how many people believe in miracles how many people believe that God can set the captives free you know who is using us but if we're not knowledgeable of the Word of God, if we don't get that revelation to know that God is wanting to pour it into you and to use you, let me tell you something. I'm the coach right now in the locker room trying to jack you up. And I'm not talking about on Mountain Dew, but I'm talking about to jack you up to get you out of this place so that you can go share Jesus and win souls. 
if you don't apply the revelation, you will lose the knowledge. Your life is a concept of reaping and sowing, sowing and reaping, reaping and sowing. That is our life. You know, if you start a business, you're doing a lot of sowing, a lot of sowing, a lot of sowing. Been doing a lot of sowing with this daycare. When Kelly started the school, a lot of sowing, a lot of sowing, a lot of sowing. And, and then, as you sow, you reap. The problem today is that people want to reap with no sowing. And let me tell you something. 30 years of ministry hadn't been easy. But I can't sit here on the couch of do nothing and say, I'm going to reap it, you all do it. But we got to do it together. We got to win souls. We got to win more people. Uh, we got to win more people. We got to see more people delivered and set free. Now, let me give you this Galatians chapter 6, 7, and 9. It says this It says, Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, he shall reap. So here's the question today is what are you sowing and what are you reaping? Let me tell you something. If you are sowing corruption, you're going to reap corruption. If you're stingy with your money, then, then let me tell you something, honey. I just want to tell you, you're going to be lack. You, what are you talking about? You say, I'm going to be lack. Well, what's the word say? What's the word say? I just gave it to you. Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that he shall reap. So if you sow stingy, What's that say? Help me. You will reap stingy. He says in the scripture, he says what right here, he says it in Mark and in Luke, he says that for with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. And that goes broader than money. What kind of talents do you have? What kind of ministry is God leading you to? To work in. Be not deceived because God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man soweth, he shall reap. Now, let me give you this. In verse 8, it says, For he shall soweth to his flesh, shall the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth in the spirit shall of the spirit reap everlasting life. Are we sowing in the flesh or are we sowing in the spirit? Give me an example. I have this fellow that calls me from time to time, and he wants a ride from time to time. He called me yesterday or sent me a text yesterday, and he says, hey, I need a ride from here to here, and can you take me? And I said, yes, I'll be glad to take you. So I took him, picked him up. The week before, I picked him up. He had a different woman in the car. This week, he had a different woman in the car. The guy's not married. He reaches out to me. And guess what I do when I'm with him? I preach to him. He's not going anywhere. I preach to him. And when I pick him up, he's drunker than a mojo. And guess what? If tomorrow he calls me, I'll go get him. You know why? Because ministry is ugly and it's dirty 
and it's foul sometimes, and sometimes that's where you help people. Well, you were quiet there. You say, well, you shouldn't be picking up drunk people. I preach to them. I preach to them when they're sober, and I preach to them when they're drunk. See, I'm not fought in that area. Now, if you're fought in that area and you were an alcoholic and all this kind of stuff before you got saved, then I, I probably recommend you not to do that, but I'm not fought there. And, and, and so, you know, I, I pick them up. And I'm talking about you when I'm in the car with them. And I'm talking about Jesus. Talking about our churches. Talking about what God's doing. But if you're going to sow of the flesh, by gummy, you're going to reap of the flesh, and it's going to be corruption. Every time in the flesh, it's going to be corruption. But he that soweth in the Spirit shall also reap everlasting life. And then he tells us this, and this is the promise. This is the moment of the, the part. Let us not be weary, verse 9, in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap if we faint not. I got to be honest with you. There's been a time or two I was stuck on the faint not part. Because I thought I was going to. I thought I'm down for the count. But God has been faithful. I don't want you to be weary. I know some of you are going through some heavy stuff. But if you stay faithful, you're going to reap if you faint not. What you're putting into your Christian life is what you're going to reap. <coughs> you should never be in a place where you need revival. Churches have them. They have them in the spring and they have them in the fall. They have revival. You should never be in a place where you need revival in your life. Because God wants us to be constantly consistent. Now how, how that is, I, I haven't figured that out at all because there's sometimes the wind blows and I go down with it. I'm not a muscle man. We all have battles that we go through within our lives. And we, this is where we need God. And that's why I, I'm particularly uh, praying and fasting on right now because I want to be what God wants me to be and I want my flesh to be in submission. And let me tell you something, I have got to do it. What are you putting into your Christian life? What are you reaping? You're going to reap it. How you hear God's word and as you receive and you act on it will determine the level of your harvest. Let me read that again. How you hear God's word and as you receive and act on it, you will determine the level of 
of your harvest. Your result will be measured by the attention that you give what you hear. The revelation. So, you can take this sermon and you can flush it after, I'm, after you walk out and you say, I'm not doing that. Well, you'll reap that. But, but God is holding you accountable and he's holding me accountable, especially me, and what I'm preaching to you and what I know that I'm preaching to you is that there is a harvest if you'll follow and you'll listen to God's word and you'll get the revelation. But let me tell you something. You have got to set time for the revelation. I asked a great man of God not long ago. I asked him this question. I said, do you spend hours in prayer? And he said, no. He said, I pray when the Lord reveals something to me or I pray when, when God, you know, is talking to me about something. See, Joyce Meyer said one time, when she first got saved, she felt like she needed to pray for several hours a day. And it was just murder for her. She just, just absolutely just, you know, felt that it was, and then and she was free. See, I don't want you to be in bondage to the religious spirit that flows around up here that you've got to do this and you've got to do that and you've got to do this and you have to do that. I want you, God wants you to be led by Him, led by Him, whether you're praying in the morning, whether you're praying at night, whether your Bible study is in the morning, you're praying at, or, or at noontime, whatever it is. Whenever you're praying, be obedient. <coughs> the attention that you give what you've heard through revelation and reading gives it a measure of power and virtue that will come into your heart and bring the word of God to pass in your life. That's a mouthful. You've got to give the attention of the revelation that God has put into your heart. What is he speaking to you? What is he sharing with you? What is he telling you? It's not the amount of God's word that you hear that determines the result. It depends on the revelation and the understanding that you receive. It's okay to spend a week on one chapter. It's okay to spend a week on one verse. It's okay to do that. Be led of Jesus. The key is, is to do it. You say, well, I just, every now and then when I feel like that I'm bummed out about something, I'll, I'll get the word of God. and See, I think we use God Sometimes only when things are bad. You know what I'm saying? When things are bad, we'll turn to God, but then after things get better, you know, we don't see anymore. Fair weather God follower. When things are good, I'll pray every now and then. But when things are really bad and somebody's sick, then I may spend a little bit more time in prayer with him. It's not the amount of God's word that you hear that will give you the results, it depends on the revelation and the understanding that you receive. You will receive more reading, you will receive more by reading one chapter with revelation than you will be reading the whole Bible with no revelation. 
I mean, I'm preaching to you. I'm telling you the truth. This is it. This is it. You have got to apply. Not only do you have to read, but you have to apply, and then you have to get the revelation. And it all plays together. It's not only important how you hear, but what you hear. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing. We have to hear the word of God. One man of God told me one time, he said, I don't read the Bible silently. He said, I read it out loud. He said, because hearing, uh, because faith comes by hearing. He said, that's why I read it out loud instead of read silently. Well, that was his his thought process. He's already gone and went to heaven, and, and he made it, and, got his, and God's, uh, you know, was just and faithful with him, but that's how he did it. You can't grow in faith. Now, listen to me here, because this is, I'm winding this thing up. If you, you can't grow strong in faith if you're listening to doubt, unbelief, and fear. God has blessed us with wonderful doctors, but they don't know everything. Because I've went into places where there was no hope, and just within a few hours you get a phone call where things turned. You have to be so careful. I could preach a whole sermon on this if I had time you cannot grow in your faith if you're listening to doubt, unbelief, and fear. You have got to get that out of your life. The other day there was a man that was up here. And, and he was here in the church. And he was telling me about the community. And, well, you know, things are, things are bad. And, you know, and this is going, the drugs are this and, and all this kind of stuff. And, man, he was just like, I was saying, every time, every time he'd say something under my breath, I was saying, I plead the blood. Oh, I apply the blood. I apply the blood. Every time, you know, he would say something, and then I would say, and, and then, you know what I told him? Here, I said, look, I said, let me tell you something. I, and this guy's not a believer. I said, I want to tell you that God's going to do something different up here than what we're seeing. Because why? Because we are sowing seeds. The principle of we are sowing seeds and we are helping people and God is going to allow us to reap the benefit of that if we're not weary. And there's been times I was ready to go do something else. But he's faithful. You cannot grow strong in your faith if you're listening to doubt, if you're listening to unbelief, if you're listening to fear. And let me tell you something, the people, and here's what's bad, the people that I hear it coming out of is church folk, unbelief, doubt, and fear. God has not given you the spirit of fear. God's not giving you a crazy mind, he's giving you a sound mind. And if nobody else will tell you that you've got a sound mind, start telling yourself. 
Don't ever tell yourself that you're going crazy. Don't ever tell yourself that you're going to get sick. Don't ever tell yourself that. That's unbelief. That's doubt. Get that out of you. And you've got to replace doubt with faith. But you have to have the revelation on faith to be able to get the doubt. I'm preaching to you. This is milk and potatoes. I tell you, I'm going to go home and take a nap out of this because let me tell you something. I feel it just... You're sucking the life out of me with this stuff. Because let me tell you something, I'm giving it to you. I'm giving you what God's given to me. And no, you're not sucking the life out of me. Because let me tell you something, I have seen the glory of the Lord. I have seen the glory of the Lord. Let me tell you something, and when I, when I go to the throne room of God, He replenishes me. <laughs> Some of you are soaking it up like a sponge, and I could just... Sense that. But if you are sick and experiencing financial pressure or lack, be careful what you let into your heart through your ears and through your eyes. Well, things will never get better. I'll always be struggling here. I'll always be struggling there. Really? Who told you that? God wouldn't tell you that, would he? Because God's not going to lie against his word. Some of you all are believing for a touch for, your, for your, uh, your elderly parents. Let me tell you something. You hold on to that no matter what the doctors say. Hold on to that no matter what the doctors say. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. When you think that it's over, let me tell you something. It's not over until God says it's over. But you cannot have doubt and unbelief and fear. Let me tell you something. I'm believing God for things. But sometimes when I look at it, I think, whoa, I I don't see it. I don't see it, God. But let me tell you something. I'm believing because let me tell you something. He wants me to believe big. He wants me to think big. He wants me to, to, to believe for great things. I have absolutely no pride in me telling you about the Daniel fast. And there are several of you that while I'm doing the Daniel fast, I am believing for your miracle. I'm fasting for you. And I'm fasting for me. You say, really? I want the power of God to be so strong in your life to where your shadow heals the sick. I want the power of God to be strong in your life and my life so much that you haven't been sick in 30 years. That you dare your body to be sick. You tell your body that you refuse to be sick in Jesus' name. Oh, well, you know, it's just how it gets. You know, when you get old and, you know, and... People, people say, well, you know, you're aging gratefully. Kenneth, Kenneth Copeland said this the other day, and 
if I'd have had any hair on my head, it'd have fell off. He said, if I don't live to be 120, he said, it's my fault. He said, it's my fault. What God promises. You've got to stand on God's promises. Now, you know, I'm not saying that you're disobedient if you die at, you know, at 60 or 70. I'm, not, I'm staying out of that. But what I'm saying is that I don't want to bypass this life. I don't want to live a day past I'm supposed to. But I certainly don't want to be taken out a day before I'm supposed to. I don't. You say, well, it must have been his time. Really? You eat Big Macs every day? And you have, and you have all this trouble and, 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 and you, take, you don't take care of yourself? you are sick and you are experiencing financial pressure and lack be careful what is in your heart and what you allow to be in your heart and in your eyes and like Forrest Gump said that's all I got to say about that Christy you got anything to add? Is that what you and I talked about the other day? Christy read Mark chapter 4 to me the other day, and it stopped me in my tracks because I was reading the other one. And I told her, and I said, whoa. I said, hold on a minute. And I went back to it, and I said, whoa. That, I said, that's saying the same thing. Will you, will you take some homework home with you? Luke chapter 6, 38, and Mark chapter 4, 24. Luke chapter 6, 38, and, and, and Mark chapter 4, 34. There's a link on Facebook that takes you to you to uh, takes you to you version where the scripture are just click on that link those scriptures will be there for you stand to your feet Jesus we love you we thank you God that you helped me preach the word today I didn't know how it was going to come out God I got to be honest with you I didn't know how it was going to come out but you did it you did it and I give you praise and I give you thanks for it Father I pray that we get on board with you to get the revelation of what you're saying to us and Lord, I glorify you and I thank you for it. Lord, I pray for help all over the building today. You're being fought in your mind that you're not good enough. You'll never amount to anything. Who's telling you that? Who's telling you that you'll never get out of debt? It's not God telling you. God's will that you prosper as your soul prospers. <clears throat> 2020 is the year of hope for us. The question is, is what are you hoping for? What are you believing for? The altar is open. Let me tell you something. God's power is so strong that you don't have to walk out of here with an addiction at all. You don't have to walk out of here with a sickness at all. You don't have to walk out of here with nothing at all that doesn't belong to you. Those things do not belong to you because those things are not under the abundant life category. God wants you to be free. He wants you to be free in Jesus' name. Come to the altar. The altar is open. Do you have a need? You want special prayer over something? 
I encourage you to come and pray. God wants to help you. Pray for a, an anointing from on high. Believe God that when you lay your hands on the sick, they shall recover.
God is faithful. God been faithful to you? Get on board with him. Get that revelation of what God wants you to do in your life. <clears throat> Today is our granddaughter's birthday. She is one year old today. And I tell you what, you understand God's love when you, when you have a baby that's, uh, that you call it a grandbaby. And, and it's exciting to, to know what God is doing uh, in their family and in their lives. And, and how's she? Huh? She all right? Huh? She's so cute. Um, Emmett's going to sing. Lindsay's going to sing here shortly. Uh, and we're going to uh, dedicate uh, Ariana Brooklyn Prater to the Lord. In a couple of moments, uh, we're going to call uh, Will and Lindsay um uh, to the, the platform, uh, the parents of Ariana Brooklyn Prater, they're going to come forward in order to dedicate themselves and their child to Christ. And I want to remind us that the child dedication boldly declares three fundamental truths about the human condition. Ariana is precious to God. Uh, their lives are sacred because they are created in God's image to have the capacity of having a personal relationship with Him. Number two, despite the innocent, the innocent beauty of Ariana, when she becomes of age, she will need to be redeemed like all of us. Uh, the dedication declares that Jesus is the rescuer. Jesus invites the little children to come because he knew better than anyone else that we needed him to. Acts chapter 4 and verse 12, neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under the heavens given above men whereby we must be saved. Emmett wrote a song and um, it's a song called Unconditional Love, and it goes right along with, what, uh, with what's going on here today. Um, and so I'd ask Emmett if he could come up and, and sing, I'm going to move this. And so um, we also, yeah. how are we doing, Les? For first day, do we we go be? Oh, you you got that thing ready. We've got a new we got a new system. You see some little camera shots and different angles, and uh, it's really a neat system. Uh, and so, when you see Les coming up here, he's uh, he's not being nosy. <laughs> he's he's getting close up shots. So we all went to makeup this morning. So I think we're still good. Huh? You didn't get makeup today? <laughs> Can I say something first? Absolutely. Um I wanna I wanna kinda 
speak blessings over Ariana's life. Um, every time Lindsay brings her here to rehearsal, uh, she likes climbing up on the stage and singing into the mic. Um, her smile, if, if her smile doesn't light you up, there's something wrong with you. I'm just <laughs> So my prayer for Ariana is that, that sh her smile continues to light up people's lives. And even though she's not speaking yet, I pray that God uses her as a voice, whether it be through singing or whether it be through just the words she speaks every day. Amen. And I pray for you and Will, Lindsay, that you all have a great marriage and you all are helped by God to raise Ariana Amen. into the woman of God that she is going to be. Amen.
Hey, girl. Yeah. Come on up here. <laughs> we should have. Come on, Will. What is it? Hey, baby. Yeah, y'all seeing, facing me like you're getting married. Yeah, there you go. Hi, baby. Let us hear the word of the Lord as it comes from Deuteronomy chapter 6, 6 through 7. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commandments that I'm giving you today. This is what the word says. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about it to them when you're at home, when you're on the road, when you're going to bed, and when you're getting up. Deuteronomy chapter 11, verse 18, the NIV version says, Fix these words of mine in your heart and minds. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them in your forehead. This is the commandment of God that we should diligently rear our children in the most holy faith in obedience to this command these parents bring their children, their child, today to present them to the Lord. The purpose of the baby dedication is for the parents and the church. Rightly understood, the ceremony is one of parental decision and discretion as well as the child's dedication. The parents are, politi- are publicly <laughs> pledging themselves to obey the command of Paul. What is wrong with you? Hey. What is 
with you. Well, I can't read it any faster than I could do. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4, it says this, Do not provoke your children to anger by the way that you treat them. Rather, bring them up in the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. Here, I got something. I got something. Here, I got something. Hold on now. Just don't let her drop it. This ceremony is meaningless unless the parents dedicate themselves as well as their child to God. Do not provoke your child to anger, including building them up in a positive self-image. Bring them up means to include nourishment and nurture. Um, it also, discipline means that this word includes instruction and spiritual guidance and training. And instruction means that this word also includes warning and encouragement. The covenant of the parents is, if your intentions are to present Ariana Brooklyn Prater and pledge herself and yourself to bring your child up into the discipline and instruction of the Lord, please answer we do to the following promises. Do you recognize your child as a gift of God and give heartfelt thanks for God's blessing? Do you... Do you dedicate your child to the Lord who gave her to you? Do you pledge as parents that you will bring up Ari in the discipline and instruction of the Lord? Do you promise to give Ari every possible benefit of home, education, and of church? Will you ask God's blessing upon Ari's life and to guide and to guard and to direct her all throughout her life. This is to the congregation of the Pulse Church. Will you, as members of this congregation, which we all are, be faithful to your calling as members of the body of Christ so that, these, so that Ariana will also be in the midst of growing up in the knowledge and the love of him can you go along with me with this covenant by standing? Jesus, we pray a blessing over Ari right now, Father, in the name of Jesus. And we pray in the name of Jesus, Father, that the gates of hell shall not prevail against her. Father, you have her husband picked out. You know how many children she will have. And you know her calling. And you know her anointing even now. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that the devil will not have any say over this child in the name of Jesus. 
I apply the blood of Jesus and I plead the blood of Jesus over Ariana Brooklyn Prater in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. 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 Amen.